Well, I didn't think we could do it. We you didn't have, think we could do what? We have reached peak Wolverine saturation levels, oh, folks. My I I feel like that was one or two too many bubs <laughs> for one week. Too many bubs. <laughs> too many bubs. Yeah. It was a it was a few. Just a few bubs. Welcome to the X Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm a bunch of bubs. Also known as Justin. Oh, secret identity, <laughs> witness protection. Hey, we're back. We're talking comics. Yeah, we are. What comics are we talking? Well, we've got a little nugget from Marvel Voices Legacy number one. Mm-hmm. We've got two Infinity comics, Life of Wolverine and the X-Men Unlimited comic. We've got X-Men number eight and Ten Lives of Wolverine. Number three. That was that last minute, like, is it 10 or X? Is it 10, is it 10, 10 or X? Yeah, which, yeah. which one is it? I was like, don't mess it up because you mess it up every time, Alicia. Um, yeah. You know, you could have just like edited out that pause and not told anybody that I questioned it. I, I, I It wasn't the pause. It was the look on your face. <laughs> that was something that only I knew and I needed to name. Got it. Heard. Understood. News? News? So, hey. Bibliography of Wolverine. They oh, have been doing it. I just, you. I was so excited. You're so happy. I found these articles. So if you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen that I was posting at two o'clock in the morning because I had gotten day drunk and fallen asleep in the middle of the day after taking a nap and could not fall back to sleep. And I would so, just like to point out to the people that a nap was like a six hour sleeping it was, period. It was not six hours. It, it was it was, was like two to three. No way. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You you I got home in the afternoon I'm and cutting you all this came out. out of the bedroom at like ten thirty at night. It was at nine thirty. <laughs> it was at nine thirty and I was still awake at around six. 6.30. Okay, well. Three hours. Just a nice <laughs> little nap to get away from the drunky times. Whatever you need to tell yourself. Anyway, I found these articles talking about the, the bibliography of Wolverine, essentially. It, breaking down the points that I've been craving. Justin's dream come true. Giving us those reference numbers, those editor's notes. It's basically just an article of editor's notes, conversationally written. And well, whoever conversationally wrote that, thank you. Thank you. I wish I saved the author's name. I will update this next week with that information. Okay. Covers Bonanza. We had nine titles drop covers on Monday. Nine. Nine. I just, I've never seen Marvel do something like that where it's just like, oh, here's three covers. Here's three covers. Here's three more covers just in one Twitter thread. Marvel is straight up out of control lately. Just like... They are just making it rain with content and surprises and oh, you talking bomb about, drops. You're talking about the Multiverse of Madness trailer? Yes. And the poster. The movie poster? Yeah. Yeah. Because the poster, you know, brings in my girl, Captain Carter. Uh-huh. 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 I don't know if I've actually seen the poster, so I, I need more information if it's, you want me to react. <laughs> it's like, it looks like the... Uh, what is it called? Sanctum Centaurum? Is that yep. what it's called? The glass window, that big circle window is like shattered and he's like standing in front of it and like all the glass pieces have little reflections in it and one of them has a reflection of Captain Carter's shield. And it says time, space, reality. 
But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're, we're here to talk those about covers. those nine covers. And they're all online if you want to check them out. But they are amazing and all over the place. And it's just cool to get those little little sneak nugget reveals of mm-hmm. what's coming. Little appetizers. Speaking of what's coming, X-Men Legends rebooted a new number one which I don't know why. There's literally a number one right in front of me. No, this is Marvel Voices Legacy. Yep. Don't listen to me. X-Men Legends, the revisiting past time frames. We're going back to near the start, the furthest back that we've gone with Roy Thomas. Oh. Who was a writer who was working on X-Men before it took that pause and then resumed with Giant Size. Well, so we're, we're getting some stories in between that time frame. All right. Two-parter. Okay. And a print edition of X-Men Green. There's just X-Men everywhere. I'm interested to see the print edition. I I still, we haven't gotten the first one of Longitude, Latitude, something. Anyway, the Marvel Unlimited, the X-Men Unlimited that is followed up on today. Yes. We're getting that soon. I think that's in the next couple weeks. A print version? Print version, yes. Hmm. Last thing, I put the two options, our two issues up to vote on Instagram. Who do you think won? Did you see it? Did you I vote? I saw it. I didn't vote. I saw it. You saw didn't it. vote? You didn't vote Justin, on Justin, it was yesterday. Right? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yesterday was a bananas day. Okay? Yep. I don't even know what my cell phone was yesterday. What is even social media? What do you think? One, I think Wolverine. Lives of Wolverine. As to which to read, read first? first? Wasn't it between the lives of Wolverine and X-Men? That is correct. And I think Lives of Wolverine won. No, it did not. 61% for X-Men, 39% for Lives of Wolverine. I can't even believe it. But, well, so what are you saying? Are you saying that we would review Lives of Wolverine first? Well. So that that's the question is like, what is what does reading it first mean to you? And I never, I didn't include that yeah, in the I question. Mean, I, I took it as like, which one are you dying to read? Oh, I don't. You don't either. That That's the intent of reading it the opposite direction. All right. Well, and I then, didn't explain that. And I just put it up to the viewers. Yes. Like, you decide. So Without the rules. Know. You don't know what you're voting for. So what, what do you like? We don't know which the are, real Which answer. one do you want? We don't know the real It doesn't impact. matter. We're going to read X-Men first anyway. It was just to get what people were thinking. Just I love you all. to have some involvement, you know? I was sitting there in the afternoon reading comics. I already read the issues already. <laughs> I already read both of them. Of course. We have a hot second with Cecilia Reyes. That's that's what I titled it. It's just a one pager in the Marvel, Marvel Voices. Voices Legacy Number One. It's just Cecilia just giving back to the Krakoan community in her doctor position, but also with the the strength and awareness of using her powers. I really like the voices stories, the mm-hmm. collections of short stories. I think they're really cool. They showcase a lot of great characters. Often introduce some new ones. I didn't see. Any new ones in this one? But And it was very light on mutant stories. Normally, there's a lot. I'll be honest. That's usually my draw is the mutant stories. But always cool to see a variety of creators in one book. Yeah, and I like this concept of where she was before Krakoa was in existence and how the existence of Krakoa has shaped her relationship to her being a mutant. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And we're done with that. It didn't even get a page turn noise because you just straight up started talking about it. Yep, because it's Sorry. only one page. It's only one page. How do you do a page turn? You gotta open the book. Uh, okay, guess not. Anyway, what do you want to talk about next? Well, now we're at a crossroads because we did we did our our Marvel Unlimited 
issues last last week. And that I, was I honestly, a mistake. That was a mistake. So you don't want to do that again? No. Okay. There you go. Then I would say we do X-Men Unlimited first. Okay. By Declan Shavley. X-Men Unlimited was, well, that's the one that I opened and I said, oh God, another Wolverine story. Yes. But here's the thing. I was excited to get back to that storyline and see what was going on. Right, so we're following up on our first X-Men Unlimited story, the thievery of three mutants from the sword station by MODOK and AIM agents. But how you gonna put Wolverine partnering up with Warlock at the same time that Technogon is in existence and think that my brain isn't gonna take that and be like, what does it mean? Something happens on this flight. And they crash into Krakoa while time traveling. 2,000 years ago. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm just saying. I don't know. That's an odd pair. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wolverine and his amazing friends is really what came to mind as I read about this random lineup. In the last two weeks, Strong Guy has made more appearances than throughout the entire era of Krakoa. Yeah, Strong Guy's popping off. He's making up for lost time. He was in last week's other Infinity Comics story, which means he's going to be in these back-to-back mm-hmm. because that'll follow up after this is done. Mm-hmm. And Secret X-Men. Strong Guy's just... He's he's just really strong. He's just really strong. Which was some fun... A.K.A. glasses. Yeah, it was some fun animation jokes or the really great use of the visual medium, which I... Yes. Would totally expect from an artist who is also writing. We don't often get a lot of those, but I think this is actually two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. We, classic Wolverine saying that he's a loner that never brings in help, but then continues to be everywhere with everyone always. <laughs> like That was always the thing. It's like, I'm a loner. I don't know anybody. I grew up all alone. But also, here's Alpha Flight. Here's my and, friends. And here's all my friends over here. Oh, yeah. Silver Fox. And I'm I mean, Sabretooth's not really a friend. Team X isn't really friends, but crazy comrades. He's a loner in his heart. He just wants to be left alone is what it is. And they smash him up. They take the base. They fastball special the whole shebang. Warlock helps track the tube that got away, setting us up for our next issue. And, and this trickery. What? It's trickery. Because the conversation at the end of the last segment of this and the beginning of this segment was that there was one mutant left. Now there might be more. Now there might be more. because I mean, That's all they knew about. That's all they saw that time. Maybe and also, who the heck was it? Oh, that mutant at the end? Yeah. So we don't know if that's the person that we've been tracking from S.W.O.R.D. Right. This is some other person. Uh, we don't know. That's literally the cliffhanger that we are left with. Huh, who the bleep is that? Dot, mm. dot, dot, question mark. Mm-hmm. I do like some of this strong guy art as he's smashing the guys left and right, like whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. This is one panel in particular, this one. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Using one to hit another. But do you think we're getting a new mutant here? Maybe. With this unnamed tube person? Could be. New introduction. Written and drawn by Declan Shavley. Shalvey? I'm saying that wrong. Letters by Joe Sabino. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's VC's Joe Sabino. Pretty sure he's Joe Sabino on his birth certificate. Was <laughs> <laughs> it say VC's Joe Sabino on his birth certificate? No, it does not. On his company ID? His driver's license. All right. Do we really need to talk about the Bob bibliography of Wolverine or? I actually, I mean, I'll say real quick. I enjoyed this one more than some of the others, especially more than the last two. Because I feel like this one broke from 
instead of just th those straight up felt like, and then this happened, and then he went over here, and then this happened. And this still had some elements of that, but tied together through themes of heroism and escaping the cycles of manipulations that he's faced. And it also covers less time than the previous ones. It seems organized to one specific time frame around World War II, a little bit before, right at the beginning, and then the aftermath. Okay. I agree about the time frame. And yes, it that time frame happens to be one in which we talk about the manipulation and use of uh, you know, people as weapons. But you can't tell me that it was different. It literally is like, and then the war ended, and then you did this, and then you met Captain I, I know. America. I said, I said that it, it follows the same pattern. You it just it did said... it better. It incorporated more themes throughout these points in time. Okay. It was more enjoyable as a story than just a regurgitation of time points. Okay, but I'm just saying you said it somewhat does that. It does yeah. that a little, and I think it did that completely. It does it better. All right. Agree to disagree. Very strongly. Not into it. Also, very strongly on my end. All right, let's get into the comics. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about X-Men first. X-Men number eight first. This cover. I hate it. I love it, but I hate it. It's He's so creepy. He's so gross looking. Is he cosplaying as Marvel Girl? I don't know what he's doing. He's going to eat her headpiece or something. Yeah. I'm I'm not mad about that because is he stealing? This is why Jean no longer wears the green dress and face mask. Is Modok has it? Modok is running around in it. Here's the thing: Modok and Sugar Man, they like are one in the same of like creepy nightmare floating heads. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense inside my brain. You ready? Oh yeah. Page turn noise. Don't let Modok's appearance fool you. Only he knows for sure how many people he's murdered with his experiments. Most are never attributed to him. Nicholas Fury. Do you know what Modok stands for? M dot O dot D dot O dot K dot? No. But also, why did you say Nicholas Fury like that? This is how it's Nicholas <laughs> Fury sometimes. Mental organism designed only for killing. Where's the four? It's lowercase. It's like those filler words that you put in. Modok, get out of here. Get the doc out of here. Oi. All right. Well, anyway, we're digging in. Speaking about the man, the face, the floating face, Modok himself running new experiments on a cruise ship, his favorite test dummy for science. For science. How excited were you? So excited. I was like, Dexter, are you here? The Where's Didi? Hiding in the lab. Not in my laboratory. The amygdala affecting experiment, enraging people with violent actions. I want to talk about the art team here. We talked about art styles a lot last week, and mm -hmm. I was thinking about tone here, tone of a title. Mm. I think Javier Pina has a very similar tone to Pepe Larraz, and, and that cohesion is helped by Marte Gracia being here on colors for both. And so it's less noticeable. You can you can tell who is who. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's all in the same realm. Yeah. The New Mutants artist last week has a very different style from Rod Reese. And mm -hmm. I think that is why it stuck out that much more, too. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Judah on Twitter for continuing that conversation about styles that were 
acquired tastes over the years one that you didn't like initially but came to appreciate after the fact they mentioned brett blevins who was vastly different from any style of new mutants previously hmm cool i just want to talk about these little x's these little x's in these scientific experiments yep what's that about modok you got x genes in there maybe maybe i just thought that it was like it's very blatantly showing you that they're morphing into an X shape, mm-hmm. which is intriguing. But everybody on this cruise ship is going ham, and these aim guys are the one one with a gun, one with a video camera. Yeah, I just love I love the art of the little head and the little faces, the little <laughs> Modoc faces. The force science is just it's the best. It's so good. Force science title page all aboard. The Buffet is Undefeated. <laughs> Written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Javier Pina. Color art by Marte Gracia. Letters by Clayton Cowles. PC's Clayton Cowles. And the X-Men approach. For science, getting another shout out. Assessing the situation and calling it as a team. I mentioned it beforehand, but the way that, yes, Scott and Gene are the team co-captains. But they value the whole team's perspectives. It's not just Polaris being able to sense the third emergency in that cloaked ship, but also mm-hmm. having Wolverine call the play on how they're going to take this down. Teamwork makes a dream work, baby. Yeah. Rogue goes high for the plane, sinking Wolverine onto the ship. Gene, Cyclops, and Polaris helping the people in the water. Nobody refers to Scott as Captain Krakoa, and nobody refers to Gene as Marvel Girl. Like, that is just for us, the reader, to know that's what they're sometimes called. Well, that's why I was saying about Captain Krakoa just being like his forward-facing facade name, but like he's still going to be Cyclops to everybody else. Right. They even call him Psych. Yeah. So calm down, Scott. He's calm. I'm just bringing it up as a... All right, calm down, Justin. No. <laughs> it's interesting, this fact that Laura is saying that she's not a strong swimmer after returning from the vaults. Are they saying that she forgot how to swim? Why would that even be? That's funny because I thought there was something that I wasn't remembering about something that happened in the vault where she like drowned or something. Maybe Justin will remember. Nope. We've seen Sink's positive effects, especially with all his lived experience now in a de-aged husk. But this is new, this idea of having lost some abilities. Is getting spicy between these two. Yeah. Which, this is the time to bring it up. We've been waiting on it all run, even with the heavy-handed hints. But now, amidst this water-carrying virus on a locked-in cruise ship with minds that even Jean Grey's telepathy can control, is how we're going to bring up our relationship in the vault? Well, you know, just casual work conversation. Maybe not the best time. I don't know. I think so... I think it's the right call to not burden Laura with what happened. It sucks for Sync, but Mm -hmm. this isn't that Laura. She's not been aged with all those experiences. And it's honestly another wrinkle in Resurrections, as we're talking about with Captain Krakoa and the idea of identity. Mm -hmm. But I love that she says, ask me again sometime. Right. Potential for the future. Essentially, that's the best case scenario for Sync. Mm Mm-hmm. She's open to continue the conversation and is somewhat curious and a little bit knowledgeable about what happened. We get the little flashback to Sink's speech. We started off with our big and important character defining speeches, and then we have rounded out with the short and sweet ones. Yeah. I am the X-Men. 
Ugh, why do we? Why? Why'd you have to bring that one back up? Because pushes you buttons. You like to get me all fired up? Yes. Oh man. Well, Modoc's enjoying the buffet. Yes. He's so silly and diabolical at the same time. Like, he looks ridiculous and his actions are crazy. Yeah. I didn't count on you damned kids showing up so fast. Is he a Scooby-Doo villain? Yes, of course he is. He's just like, I'm just trying to eat this buffet and then get out of here while my masterpiece is working. Y'all are in my way. Well, the rest of the team is figuring out everything. We got Captain Krakoa saving puppies and children. <laughs> he is like, he's the ideal hero. They keep on trying to paint him in okay, this light of like... He's not the only one saving. Look at this. Gene's yeah, got a bubble is, full of people. specifically saving a child and a puppy. Okay. That's the one that we have the specific details on. Yes. Yes. Rogue and Gene Gray are saving far more people. Oh, that's Polaris. Yes, it is. Rogue's in the ship. You are right. Thank you. Somehow, Modoc knows that Wolverine can't swim? Well, I think he just asks because she has metal, right. you know. Oh, you have metal in your bones? How does that do in the water? <laughs> I really love this. these two pages, the art. I mean, you you already brought it up, but the art is, I really like it in this book. It's really, the action sequences, they have a lot of movement to them. Mm. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of energy mm-hmm. explosions too. Tries to get away while making these threats about where you live, but then smacked in Krakoa. Oh, Lord, somebody please send help. Smacked in Krakoa? Yeah, going in on MODOK's mind. (laughs) We're going to dial into his brain and have a little one-on-one with MODOK. He's literally insane, grilling the heads of the X-Men in his mind. Yeah. I think that's so creepy, but so cool looking. Yeah, I love this whole sequence. It just looks terrifying. Resolves kind of quickly without much real dialogue. Monsters versus angels, the, the home threats coming back at you. We still, we get our meal at the end, taking Modoc's cruise wisdom on the buffet. So we're still <laughs> dining with the locals, classic X-Men trope. I just love Wolverine just like sitting with a plate full of food as Jean just like hovers her back on. That, that sink. That oh, sink that doing it. Oh, that sink doing it. Yeah, I got you, boo. You are right. Data page from the desk of Forge. Yeah, we've been getting a handful of Forge data pages in X-Men. It's an interesting point, the design intention for the Krakoan battle suit. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, really great detail to continue to tease out. One-of-a-kind prototype for non-physical mutant powers. The Ugly John reference, you remember who that is, right? Do I? The three-faced guy from New X-Men. Why has he got to be Ugly John? Like, Oh, yeah, that's such a mean name. What's he going to do? Just scream three times louder than everyone else? I thought that was so funny. Soft serve reference as well. I love Forge. Yeah, Forge. And Forge being like, P.S., I don't want to be on the X-Men. Right. So I wonder, was that the re- the vote from last year or was there a, a request later on? Was this, like, was he offered another spot because he knows some people are potentially coming on and going off with the new Hellfire Gala coming up? Bling gets a shout out as to someone that could fill his spot. Yeah, if you'd like a technologist, I suggest Bling. Then we end with our treehouse confessions. <laughs> Negasonic teenage warhead recruiting the X-Men team of the future of all her many girlfriends as Sink and Psych have a heart to heart. Have a little heart to heart. I, I mix- did not expect this. Uh, I had mixed feelings on it, honestly. Would it have been more interesting as a council decision? Probably. 
but it would have drawn out this as a story further and created a divide between the council and the X-Men, which we were talking, you were talking last week. You didn't want to see. I'm also glad that it was not Emma. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You never want to have your girl be doing bad things. And could have uh, been a cool story though. Could have been a cool divide of power. And just that seems to be bubbling as to like who's calling the shots or who's making the decisions for, for what you have the priorities of the council and the Krakoan government versus the X-Men doing their hero stuff. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. He Cyclops is like, I know. Right. How did he know? Yeah, I don't know. How did you know, Cyclops? It's that wise leader wisdom. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wise wisdom. It's it's especially it's one of those parent things where you're like, I know. But you like you have no specifics and then you're trying not to react facially as they're revealing yeah, the specifics. You're pretending that you knew right. so that you don't look like you got caught off guard but right. you really didn't know. I I do love this leader member of the team conversation about the world and how to be heroes in it i thought that that was really cool and it it continues to develop sync he's been the all-star of this run i feel i agree yeah and i do think the contents of the notebook are interesting because it was assumed that it was going to be a negative story oh yeah you know and and there was a lot of fear around it being exposed and then you see that he was actually planning on writing the story from a positive perspective. Yes, yeah, on naming the new title, Immortal <laughs> X-Men. When Sink walks away, why does Cyclops look so sad in his little tree? Because his friend wants to leave. Not really his friend. I don't really know if they're friends, but his his team member wants to leave. Next. Once upon a time on Arako. Do you know what the Krakoan says? It says, oh. Orcus. <laughs> which i don't know if you've orcus. seen or if you remember seeing this cover that's oh the, the one where orcus is in the yeah they're like in the council chamber Ooh. which with that title or that once upon a time in Araco on Araco makes me think is that no because their council table is a full solid ring yes. versus the sections mm-hmm. anyway what'd you think i enjoyed this issue I thought the encounters with Modoc were humorous and the action was really great. I like that there were some character development moments between Sink and Wolverine. I didn't find that conversation. I mean, I, it is a little odd to be talking about it in the middle of a battle, but I also was really excited to see it because right. it's been something that we've been waiting for. And it also felt like Sink gained some ground in the hopes of them being together oh yeah i love to see it i just when i read it the second time i was like really you're surrounded by all this danger and people and you you even have to distract two guys to go fight each other because you're in an active scene of things happening just thought it was funny indeed indeed but i really enjoyed it i really like the art i thought it moved quickly and was interesting and i was not expecting sync to have been the one at all yeah i was a big fan of this issue uh i thought that I, I was not expecting that at all the the fact that sync was and, and honestly i don't know if it's a letdown of the potential of where i thought that was going but maybe it's just because it was not where i thought it was going mm. and that's how why i'm feeling that but it, it's following the uptick right so this this title it's it's following the uptick i've, I've really enjoyed the last couple of issues after it's kind of the drop down for me in four and five and mm-hmm. it's interesting because i was thinking about this issue and it reminds me a lot of that issue four. We have a fill-in artist. First time was issue four. It was this artist as well. 
We had a larger Marvel Universe villain, not really with an X-Men tie. You know, the High Evolutionary occasionally has some X-Men ties, also very specifically tied to Game World. Mm-hmm. Modoc versus Nightmare. But I actually really liked Modoc in this, and I don't know. I just thought that maybe I was more ready for this than I was Nightmare the first time. Yeah, the Nightmare issue felt very out of left field where this one at least tied into some of the things that like Modoc talking about selling this and how like where that was going to go for him in this experimentation it felt like it tied into what was going on with Orcus and other things that are happening well, in the infinity comic right? right so it felt really connected and, and nightmare felt like wait what is happening right out of nowhere the other thing that I thought was really interesting was when Sink talks about the reveal and and he comes clean to Cyclops. He says that he snagged Jean's powers before she left. Mm-hmm. But he makes a point to specifically ask Jean if it's okay or like to be like I'm going to grab your powers is that okay like during the mission. And so I wonder And even talking about last issue when he took her powers from right. her being on Araco, right? So complete distance grab. Right. And I wonder because he's talking about not being able to focus because he's thinking about these things. Like, I wonder if the guilt of doing that is starting to weigh on him and that's part of why mm. he came clean. Like, maybe if he was just taking Gene's powers to in the middle of a battle, it's different than just, like, taking them to go out and do something that you didn't even tell anybody else that you were going to go do. Or and or to just use the telepathy, right? So the telepathy itself has been a thread since the beginning. I think the first or second issue where they're talking and, and she's essentially training Sync in the use of telepathy. Mm-hmm. So this has just been an evolving conversation about him struggling to deal with hearing all these voices, having all this input coming at him. But good stuff. Good issue. Yeah. So with Ben's notes slash notebook, do they have the autopsy information from the forge, the Orcus forge? Like I, I'd assume that because... Dr. Stasis gave that to Ben at that pier a couple issues ago. Mm, maybe. That he might have had that, either either had that file with him specifically or had that in his notes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably information pertaining to what he was going to include in the article in that notebook, more so, like, obviously more than just title options. Right. But I don't know that they would necessarily have all of the autopsy information. Like, there might... It's a small notebook, so to me it seems like it's more of like a jot down your ideas kind of a notebook and not like your full documentation of your entire article. So there might be reference to, but I don't know that there would be all of the info. Yeah, it just makes me think about what might have been able to be connected to Dr. Stasis through this. Mm-hmm. Was this conversation between Wolverine and Sync what we've all been waiting for? Is this... Is this them finally peeling back the the mystery, the the will they, won't they? I don't know. Uh, I think it's a start. I yeah. think it's a start of that. I definitely felt very satisfied with the fact that she seems to be warming up to the idea or that she brought it up. It doesn't seem like it was a conclusion of anything. It just seemed like it was a step in the right direction or a step in a direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's concluded at all. I think it definitely gives us hope. Mm-hmm. Gives Everett some hope. What? How do you feel about Sink and Wolverine? I think they'd be great together. Although I wonder if it does give him hope because he referenced a couple times after that, like 
this version of Laura isn't his version of Laura. Right. So I wonder if his feelings are changing. Which it should. And I feel like that's part of the conversation is that this isn't the person that you actually spent all that time with. This is the person you went into the vault with. Like you could potentially grow to love this person, but they are vastly different in the same way that you are. Mm. So I had asked on Wednesday where people were at with the sink Wolverine relationship. 1407 Gray Malkin says proximity infatuation. That's the only reason where it came from. And I, oh. I kind of agree. You know, that's an interesting idea. The, they fell in love because they were the only people. Sorry, Darwin. But they were the only people that were there for 500 years that it was just, you're mm-hmm. here. I'm here. We're alone. I love yeah. you. Interesting. Louis Joyce saying that the vault story really sold him on it. Initially, wasn't expecting it. Didn't see it. But the vault story was so great that sold on it. And honestly, I feel like I'm also in that camp as well. Really, I just pulled opinions and I was like, yeah, I kind of agree with that too. Yeah, yeah, that one and that one. Michael from The Daily Iliana is talking about the compelling tragedy of their story, the weight that Everett carries, having experienced this full life that Laura has not. Mm-hmm. And, and a great follow-up from Sean who made some solid points about the ethics of it all. Laura's autonomy, the fact that she'd only be getting his memories of their time together and not the experiences from her perspective, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. A bunch of other people love them, love everyone, except for Le Chef, who says, Ev should be Jubilee's baby daddy. All right. Well, I don't agree with that, but everyone (laughs) is entitled to their own opinion. You also don't know the love triangle of Jubilee, M, and Sink. No. So there you go. That's why. Yeah. I don't know any of that. I think they would be great together. I think so too. But I think there's a lot of really good points about how this is. It, it's more than just a, a will they, won't they? There's a lot of weight going oh, on, yeah. on this relationship. Oh, yeah. Really interesting points, y'all. Last question or point, Modoc. Where are you at with Modoc at the end of this issue? Are you like, ah, oh, I kind of like Modoc? Or... Oh, yeah, I like Modoc. Are we going to finish the show and never yeah, finish the well, show? Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Like, and it's funny because I was just hearing Patton Oswald's voice while yeah. I was re- reading this <laughs> yeah. issue. Me too. So, yeah, I think I I, I like Modog. I think he's like a ridiculous villain in all the best ways. I mean, I can bring down my Modog action figure from the shelf. He's up on the the Marvel Universe villains shelf. He could stay up there. It's you fine. sure? Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts? Questions? Opinions? Nope. No, I feel like we covered we covered the goods. From one Wolverine to another. At mm, uh, 10 lives. <laughs> you almost said X lives. Yeah, 100%. 10 lives of Wolverine number three. Let's talk about this cover. Wild West Logan moseying on into our hearts to see a man about a snake tendril. Yeah, I really love that Wild West vibe. Yeah. Both of these time points that we're seeing on this cover are referenced on the title page of this issue alone. Mm-hmm. We don't actually see them except for that beautiful double splash page later on. Oh my God, on. that page. So it's almost like, hey, you're not getting these, but here's the preview for what's to come. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I love the, love the cowboy Logan. Yeah. And American I love West. the tendril basically as a snake. Like yeah. that's so well done. Here for it. All right. You ready? You mm-hmm. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. I am. Page turn noise. Time warp again. <laughs> in the cradle. We're going to wax poetic because it's 10 lives, right? We do that in 10 lives. First, it was about time. Then it was about your impact or your history. 
Now we're talking the possessions in this life and the longevity of life experienced by Wolverine that nobody else would want. It's also very interesting that Jean must hover over him yeah, horizontally. Yeah. <laughs> Charles is just like, I'm here, brainwaves. I do like finding out that, you know, Charles is doing one thing right. and the and specifics Jean of how it's working. The other. We're talking about that a lot last 10 Lives episode where. It's like, why is this Gene doing this versus Charles involved and mm-hmm. in, in who's doing what? But yeah, having the specifics of this operation on both sides, which I thought was really great. This is a solid issue. Yes. So good. This page. Let's though. talk about Ooh. this page. Joshua Cassara drawing up our Wolverine dreams. Honestly, it's so good. This takes that issue one image and levels it up with more specifics. Like we had, we had a ton of detail in that Wolverine mm-hmm. number one issue. The 10 lives issue. But this one, we take snapshot previews of where we'll travel in the final issues, I assume. Do you think this image here, all the way over on the right, the close-up of the omega face, do you think that is what is happening in the end of this issue? I do. Because you get the mutton chops mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. This is great. And I'm... I, I just really love the cowboy scene. And I love that even the horses are angry. <laughs> That's because Omega Red's popping from cowboy to horse to horse to cowboy. Crazy. Title page, Lives to Regret. Written by Benjamin Percy. Or Lives to Regret, I guess. What do you think it is? It's Lives to Regret. Okay. Written by Benjamin Percy, <laughs> art by Joshua Cassara, colors by Frank Martin, letters and production by Corey Pettit. This is Corey Pettit. I went to town on this title page. Oh, I can't wait to just like fill in my timeline when we do our Patreon episode for this. I mean, I'm going to go high level. Okay, high level. Because we've been we've been diving in deep on the afterthoughts, but I'm still I'm still piecing it together, right? So Life mm-hmm. 10, we see Life 10. Yes. House of X. Where our story starts, and where we're getting our details on Omega and Mikhail's plans for this fracas, to use a Wolverine term. He used to say that all the time in the class. What is it, this fracas? Fracas? Yeah, what does that all mean? The time. Like a thing out of control. Like a ruckus? Yeah, kind of, but like right. an event. Okay. A noisy disturbance or quarrel. I like that you already had that pulled up. I'm the fast. definition. Life nine, we've only had hinted at. But it's in the Middle East in an outfit we've otherwise not seen his first appearance uniform, which makes sense timeline-wise. Life 8, not mentioned here. We have not seen anything from it. I assume it's Weapon X, Mm. which happens after Team X and still in conjunction with some other things. Life 7, Team X in Colombia. Yep. Life 6, birth of Charles Xavier, England, Mm -hmm. seemingly resolved, but we don't know, maybe. Life 5, post-World War II Japan. We're going there in a minute. Life 4, not mentioned here, and we have not seen anything from it. I would assume this has to do with Silver Fox or Madripoor. Mm. Probably Madripoor with how much of the details about Madripoor have been coming up in the life of Wolverine. In the timeline. Yeah. The Wolverine bibliography. Yes. Life 3, World War I France. We don't get any details. Just a little little helmet head. And then Life 2, American West. I can't wait for that one. Life 1, Captain Benedict Xavier, where we're heading now. We got a name. Here we go. Ice sailing in the 1900s. 
our mutinous battle from the last issue as Wolverine dog sleds in the distance. I, I love the action artwork. Joshua's action artwork shines here with the pacing and perspective, that harpoon throw and reaction at the bottom of that page. Yeah. I really enjoy also that when we saw Wolverine in the end of the last issue of this, he was very far away. Like He was far away from the ship. He was still making his way there when Omega Red started to attack. Mm-hmm. So I like that we actually have to see Benedict do some fighting for yeah. himself. And it gets hairy. And we're not sure what's going to happen. And then Wolverine comes in. Yeah, really playing with the great timing, the pacing of what's happening in both of these events as our stories are converging. There's a lot of build up of both fatigue and build up of the smarts of what's of what Omega Red is doing and what Mikhail are doing and the fact that Wolverine isn't always able to be exactly where he needs to be when he needs to be like there's a lot of fear and anticipation and anxiety building in this issue I felt yeah it really is progressing the story in a way that's making me as the reader nervous that the outcome might not be what we want it to be. Yeah. No, this this issue is full throttle. This was like taking full advantage of everything that's been set up in the first two issues. Can Do you think, can Omega Red not take over Benedict Xavier and then just throw him off the ship? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like at this point, he could take over anything. Right. So why doesn't he just do stuff like you know, that? Plot armor, right? You know, yeah. well, then the story would be over, Justin. Talk about cool takeovers omega moby dick yeah but to your point he he can because he threatens to do it right later in the issue right so it's exactly it's just a story point. it's just it, we'll get there he'll he'll figure out that he wants to do that later on but yeah this this is life one this moment when he takes over this whale at first i was like oh no it's another whale and then when i realized the omega symbol was on it i was like oh this is a game changer yeah. right here that was I just saw the logo on his forehead and ooh, that's awesome. And it's the first non-human possession that we've seen by Red, but mm-hmm. might not be the last. Might not be. We're back in Japan. Back in Japan. Itsu is not dead, as I called it from last 10 Lives issue, but the problem I highlighted still presents itself and is largely Wolverine's concern, Dokken's life. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to him? Omega adapting his plan and states it here. I thought I'd try something different this time since you keep getting in my way. So life five is potentially or confirmed to be the first time that we know of where Omega Red has diverted from the script, setting up something that he does later on in Mm -hmm. life seven. Crazy. And this is where we find out about the different roles. That Gene yeah. and Charles are playing right yeah. now. And we get a little bit more specifics too later on on, the, on that data page. But yeah, this just Wolverine wants to be the good dad for the son that always wanted to kill him. I just think it's so interesting. This like back and forth of, okay, hold on. I hear you in, in this mental right. conversation. I want to pop out and I'm going to ask Charles if there's anything we could do because it is. It, it, I'm not going to try to understand it because I don't understand. Like time travel always has weird loopholes. But this idea that... If there's a way for Charles to isolate Dokken in the in Cerebro, right. then if he ceases to exist now, we can still bring him back. Right. Because we'll still have his backup. Somehow. Because Krakoa will still be in existence. Like, what? Well, what about his genetic material? You know, right. That, that would not necessarily be in a Cerebro file. I thought Charles had the 
super quick and dangerous on the spot suggestion. Well, well, maybe if we threw Cerebro in a black hole, well, we have no time for that. Like yeah, that was where'd you out even of get nowhere. A <laughs> and then this Japanese battle has become a rom-com. <laughs> because uh, of Romulus? Yes. Who is Romulus and why does he just look like jacked up evil Wolverine? Because he wants to be jacked up evil Wolverine. Romulus is the... Has he been there all the time? Maybe, maybe not. Wolf God man? I don't know. It kind of goes back and forth as to who he actually is and whether he's just kind of selling you a story that he's orchestrating things for even longer. He he told us, and we're not sure, you know, this has been retconned to not be true, but he initially said, he was like, he is a descendant of wolves versus apes. Okay. That he is more of the lupine sapiens, I believe. And, you know, it has connections to Wolverine living with a family of wolves. You know, this, this idea that is he connected to the Wolverine bloodline? Has he been following the Howlets? The, the mother's bloodline that's teased throughout his appearances. But he is also, we get a little bit of context on the data page on the next page. So a little setup history, step-by-step step of Romulus and Dokken. So mm-hmm. Romulus takes Dokken from the womb of Itsu who is dying. And raises him himself. Raises him to hate Wolverine and to be the one to come after and kill Wolverine. That is his ultimate plan is that Dokken and Wolverine will fight to the death and the winner of that will be the worthy successor of Romulus and his plan. Oof. Oh, but we also get a start to an answer of my divergent timelines question with some abstract math and chaos theory. (laughs) This X and Y, when calculating the potential results, we don't get an answer about what would happen if Wolverine died while the timeline, while in this timeline, something that... We haven't asked, but is really cool to think about. Yeah, that is really interesting. He'd come back, you know, like all the other times he's come back, but who knows? (laughs) Store a Cerebro, all caps I wrote this down, store a Cerebro unit in a black hole. Like, first of all, who has access to a black hole like that? Don't know. And second of all, have you ever tried to find something in a black hole? Because I'm pretty sure that it's a black hole and everything is just lost in it. Yeah, I mean, but I think if there was going to be anybody who would know how to do that and wouldn't tell anybody about it, it would be Charles. Yeah, Charles, yeah. We're going to table this for next time, Chuck. Good thinking, though. (laughs) And, I mean, they have to end up doing this. This is where Cerebrax comes from and potentially even some connections to Technogan. I hope that's its own thing, but I think this is where Cerebrax comes from. I think... We may have gotten Ben to hint towards that in our interview. Oh, I see. He had talked about how there's a Cerebro in a black hole. Interesting. But we're back in the near recent past. From Russia with love. Our best friends dishing details about what happened to Omega Red. No, 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 my friend. This is new Russia. Mutant Russia. I'm not tricking or forcing you into service. I'm asking you to be my soldier. I'm about to join Mikhail's army right now because it is set up. Um, No, thank you. Not if you're going to stab me in the chest with a sword. That's how we time travel, baby. Yeah, I don't understand how this is working. No, uh, the logic of it is not explained completely. <laughs> but hey, I did call the Cerebro sword being the way that this was happening. You did indeed. And it is a gorgeous image of oh, him yeah. being stabbed I in the chest. It. I love it. <laughs> 
I want it without word bubbles and without that other panel on it. I just want to view him getting stabbed like that. That's it's awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. When when Mikhail talks about his brother, is that just Chronicler's influence and that we know of or something more? You know, when he's talking about the pieces that he's assembled. I think it's just the Chronicler. Yeah. I don't think Colossus is conscious of what's happening. What he's happening. doing? No, I don't think so either. That'll be a bigger story. Your decision, my powers, and their Cerebro network. Dun, dun, dun. Back to Life 7. Into the jungle run. I love these pages. There's that big panel at the bottom of Logan jumping through the mm-hmm. jungle. It's just so beautiful. I love that, pan- that panel. I the like monkey. that. Sabretooth is getting attacked by bees. <laughs> bees. <laughs> yeah, he's... he's Wolverine is talking, thinking in his mind, what's the greatest danger? Time. But bees are also pretty scary. Take that. Let me drop this bee's nest on you because I got to go. On your face. And this monkey is just watching it all happen. Along with a, what is that, a cheetah? Maybe a cheetah, yeah. Wow, there's so many details. There's a snake. Yeah. A little iguana. Yes. The jungle is like, what is up with this fight, y'all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was staring at this panel. It's so beautiful. Just yeah. the jump itself, too. has so much action. You could see Sabretooth losing his mind in the background. Yeah, it's really great. Over to Benedict Bubb with his own for science reference. We came here in the name of science. You, are Ben and Jerry just laughing to themselves about sneaking in for science twice in one week? Maybe. Maybe. But I do think this is an interesting impact on the future. Like I wonder, so Benedict is seeing these mutants and seeing these magical, mythical, unexpected things happen. Like a seeming entity is bouncing from body to body and a whale is involved and there's the tendrils and Wolverine comes out of nowhere and he's got bone claws. (laughs) All Xavier men throughout history are like, what the what? Okay, then. That's fair. Like, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's just, it's just Good, this, this immediate like, who are you then? All right, that checks out. I'll go yeah. get a gun. Yeah. Let me see how I can help. Let me throw this flaming barrel. Yeah. <laughs> that panel, though, with Wolverine slicing through the tendril. Uh, yeah. Oh, the so blood good. splatter everywhere on the background. So good. Long hair, skinny Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Teenager not knowing nothing, not the best at anything he does. It's a data page. Psychic conversation. So because, and this is just me processing it, because they're tapped in to the Cerebro network through the sword, and because Charles is using that same Cerebro network to spy on what they're doing, they're able to know what they're doing before they actually do it or what they're setting up where they're going, but now they're getting better at hiding and disguising what it is they're actually doing. Yes, that's what I got as well. And the effects, Charles is complaining that his brain hurts and Wolverine is also dying emotionally. (laughs) And Gene's like, like, we're all tired, We're all tired, Charles. We're all doing our best, all right? We're trying to save your life. Maybe don't take a nap. (laughs) Back to our Rom Rumble with the Omega Ultimatum. Just let me kill one guy, Wolverine. Jeez, how many guys have you killed? You won't let me just kill one guy? It's just Xavier. It's just this one guy. Okay, well, if you don't let me, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for everyone you love. I'll just jump in the bodies of those you love and just have them kill themselves and you have to watch. Yeah. From the details of that previous data page and the history that we know, 
Romulus attacks on the day that Dokken is conceived. So that, I'm assuming, is this day. He's beaten and then comes back later on to steal Dokken from the womb. Mm-hmm. So is Omega Red Dokken's mother? No. He was conceived on this day. Last issue. No, they had their little sexy time before Omega Red got in there. You you hope so. I know so. Okay. I mean, technically, this timeline potentially doesn't change anything at all by the end of it. Just when the fight started and Itsu's knowledge of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she's going to die anyway, so. Poor Itsu. But as soon as she's safe, Jean's like, Logan, you got to go. You got to go. Gotta That's go, a my beautiful friend. image, too. Just yes. Jean floating in the background, the, the yes. Cerebro X fading in the distance. Yeah, just all of it. Whoo, this ending. Whoo-wee. It's crazy because Omega Wolverine is on the cover of issue four, so I don't know how I wasn't expecting it here, but man, this reveal. Well, I didn't know it, and I wasn't expecting it. As we're getting and closer and closer. I do want to just take a moment to talk about Wolverine fighting this snake on his journey. Yeah. And you know, the way these panels are set up as like a back to back to back to back. It's it's coming. It's getting closer. It's building the anticipation of what's about to happen. Yeah, and then that last and page. Then, last page reveal as the text bubble turning black. And now him saying I'm the one we should be afraid of. Does that mean now that Omega Red can speak directly to Jean because he's inside? Maybe. Wolverine? Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Whew. Just, I love that image. It is terrifyingly amazing. Yeah. Big thoughts. What'd you think? I love this issue. Love this issue. I loved it. I really love the art in it. Yeah. I love the development, the, uh, the knowledge of what's going on with the Cerebro Sword, and just this. You know, I like when a story gets to a point where you're not sure what the outcome is going to be anymore. You mm-hmm. know, you want to root for this team. You want to root for Wolverine making it through and saving Charles and, you know, completing his mission. But it just is getting to the point where now we're seeing that they're starting to lose the battle. Right. And that makes things really interesting. Yeah. And and even at this point, so this is halfway through. This is issue five of the 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And we are just getting our details. This was so many details of the process of the mystery mm-hmm. that we've been reading for the last couple of issues. You know, we don't we don't get that. Maybe we'll get that next week with more of a reveal as to what's going on in deaths. But in lives, we're getting everything pieced together as we're going to carry out on those last two issues and fight through it. Yeah, and there's always been this like hint of or idea of what's what are the consequences of what's happening yep. with this time travel and now those consequences are becoming more real and more tangible and seemingly closer to actually happening. Yeah. Which basically this issue just really raised the stakes of this series for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it really showed the depths that Omega Red is willing to go, mm-hmm. the different ways that he's willing to approach this problem and will likely continue to change up his approaches as he goes. So, you know, we've talked about this, this idea of are the, they're in chronological order. We we can confirm that. Mm-hmm. So one through 10, they're in chronological order. Are they in action order of him doing them? So like, did he go to life one first i don't think so i don't think so either but wherever he went in five that's the first one so whenever he came to five in the order of things 
that's the first time that he didn't just go for Xavier the first time. Right. And the other thing that is plaguing my mind is the fact that in order to go on this journey, Mikhail stabs Omega Red yeah, how's that even with work? the sword. So is he going to be dead after this? Maybe. Like, because the Russians don't have a way, as far as we know, to resurrect. Uh, who knows? So They do whatever they want. They get some bootleg resurrections. I don't know. I just, I feel like the the process in which he's time traveling seems much riskier for him <laughs> than it does for Logan. And I wonder if that has any impact on his desire to... Continue to be like a soldier? If he, if he is successful, then technically the timeline will be changed by the time so he, won't he gets have a to that sword point. So he won't have a sword in him. So he's literally fighting for, for his, his life, life. Yeah. versus Wolverine fighting for, for Xavier's. Right. Yeah, interesting. This was, this was nonstop Wolverine action. Nonstop. It, it just it went to each of these points that we've established already and it fleshed them out even further. And we had so much just nonstop action, so many things that have been teed up. I love the art. Into the overall concepts, dig in the gradual reveals, confirming suspicions. This was the action thrill ride from all the buildup. Something that deaths seemingly started out with from the gate, where mm-hmm. it was like we're we're on the run from the start. Right. And this built to that and i feel like it exploded with that here yes yes what are your thoughts on the cerebro swords involvement in sending omega red back like how does that work i know you just asked that i but don't i have it written down as a previous question i don't know i feel like hmm, i feel like because the store the sword is inside him it's maybe like He's traveling through the Cerebro network versus being brought back. That's how he's being able to jump from body to body. Like he's in this like nervous system of Cerebro and he's traveling through it that way. And that's why he can jump around and go through different time points. And But I don't understand like he's not jumping to mutants. He's jumping to humans. Right. And if Cerebro is gathering information on mutants only, how does that work? Yeah, it's that's kind of where I was going with, okay, so in life one, he could potentially get to Logan or anything of Logan's memories, but how there would be no Cerebro backup of Benedict Xavier. Right. There'd be no specific knowledge of the fact that he was on this, this whale ship uh, in the Canadian lakes or wherever he is in the, in Canada in the 1900s. So where is that information coming from? Or is that just part of Mikhail's ability? Because we know that there's Mikhail's ability fusing into this with the abilities of Cerebro fused through Omega Red's body. Yeah, I just feel like that needs... To, I need an explanation on how that's working. And right. if we don't get it, I'm going to be upset because... It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like the way that Logan is traveling was very clearly explained and makes sense. Well, there's but, also there's precedent of it with Days of Future Past. Right, right. I just and I and and to to that point in some of the films, Cerebro senses like all humans right. and then singles out mutants. But how does Cerebro, the Cerebro sword, how does it have the ability to travel to time points when Cerebro itself didn't even exist? Yeah, that's that's some shaky, shaky ground that we're on. Yeah. 
curious. I'm going to need some answers there. So Mikhail is essentially doing the same thing as Xavier and Jean, but just with a sword stabbed into Omega Red's body. Yeah. That's what it seems. And he's doing it first. Mm Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Omega Wolverine and just this, which I think is what I had been calling Technogan. At one point. Yeah, Yeah. you did. But I I, I think this is Omega Wolverine for sure. I don't know how you combat this. I don't know. Yeah. Who fights this? Unless somehow now Gene and Xavier find a way to then transport Logan's consciousness into another body. And then someone else is fighting Wolverine. But who's going to beat Wolverine? Or or Jean can somehow contact Xavier because she's still technically there, you know, in her astral form. Yeah. If Xavier's powers are active. Oh, like the Xavier of that moment. Right. And so is she able to get in touch with him about, you know, shutting down this Wolverine's brain? But then that Xavier is going to be like, I don't even know you, Jean Grey. Who are the X-Men? What are you talking about? Sounds like a great name for a band. Oh, God. A band of mutant fighting vigilantes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't seem good. That's for sure. It seems like they were completely thwarted and there's like no hope. That's what that moment says to me. That moment says, y'all are screwed. (laughs) The end of issue three in a five issue story you got to come back. Somehow. Somehow. So I think we talked about this at one point, but what happens when Wolverine leaves the mind of his past self? Like this guy in Japan, is he aware of what just happened? No. When did future Wolverine start and life five Wolverine stop? And who gets to keep what memories? Because that was all going through my mind as I was reading. You know, it's just he's holding his wife now all messed up and, and bloodied he, in this in, in the buildings destroyed everywhere. And Yeah, I think he just like comes back and is like, what the heck just happened? So now neither of them know what just happened because Itsu has no idea what's going on. Right, exactly. Because they've so both been possessed. He's so like, they, wait, what? They started out in bed making a baby. And then they woke up to disaster and neither <laughs> and then, of them know. And then they separated and then Omega Ray came. <laughs> then neither of them. No, no, I'm saying that's where they were both in their own yeah. bodies. Yeah. And now they're both in their own bodies again. And they it's just dis- destruction and they have no idea what happened. <sighs> Thoughts on Romulus is the last question. I don't understand just, Romulus. A, a I think hole. I'm going to need like a... A moment of history on him. I I feel like he is just an alternate version of Wolverine, and he would love to hear that. He would love to hear you say that. Well, that's what he looks like. Kind of, yeah. Uh, So are his claws like homemade claws on like gloves, or do they come out of his? They come out of his skin, out of his fingers. So he is a version of Wolverine. I think he has. I don't know too much about him, but I think he also has some adamantium installed into his body at one point. Not at this point, I don't think. But he he has healing factor too. So he essentially is. And that's why he's able to sell a pretty convincing argument that he is of this species that Wolverine might be of as well. I would would not dispute that fact. Right. It just looks. And they're leaving it very vague here. They're, They're not commenting on the organization of, of Romulus's involvement, even a lot of the pages that I was looking up, it was like, it may or may not have been this. And then he reveals something. And then Remus says, well, that was all just a lie to make you think that. And 
It's a black hole of continuity that maybe we'll get some more information on. He's come up in the Life of Wolverine Infinity comic mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. We didn't talk about the Krakoan. Well, what is it? Wolverines. Wolverines. With Doc and Laura and Gabby on the cover. Oh, maybe we send some other Wolverines back in time to fight. Yeah. Or Wolverine Logan takes over the bodies of them. I don't like that. No, I don't like it either, but <laughs> I just said it because it could be a possibility. Right. And the thoughts, questions, comments, would you like, would you not like, where uh, you at? I mean, there wasn't really anything I didn't like. I still have questions about the specifics of how Omega Red's time travel is working. I loved to see that sword again and like i said i think this issue was the the tipping point this is the explosion this is the climax this is i think we still got at least another one with the next issue of deaths for the event as a whole no but i think this of this lives lives of this run is just whoa game changer so Mm. many things thrown in and thrown in in a way where we're starting to to move to the next phase of knowing things, right? The first two were like, okay, look, we're bouncing through Here's time and we're doing this thing. And now it's getting spicier. Yeah, oh yeah, it's super spice. So I next week, we'll talk about what's coming out next week. Next week. Before that, I need to throw in my own frustrations into the mix of the Twitter uproar over Comixology's update. So oh, I, normally, I know nothing of Twitter. I normally go on Comixology to get my details of what's coming up next week. Mm -hmm. They merged Comixology's page with Amazon's website. Amazon owns Comixology. Okay. And now everything's different and I hate it. Oh, no. I'm not as upset as everybody else who now forcibly has to update their apps or not have access to their comics. I'm just upset because I used to be able to go and get a very correct and definitive list of what's coming out the next week or next couple weeks. And now I can't do that on this page. Oh, no. they've hidden it or they're still hiding it from me. And they'll bring it out in another week or so. I went. I found Freaking another way. Amazon. I found another way. But next week is Jeffrey Ex-Deaths Bezos. of Wolverine number three and Devil's Reign X-Men number two. Ooh. And that's it for you. I'll get Dark Ages and who, who knows what else. That's it for me. That's plus all you get. Plus Infinity plus, Comics. Plus Infinity Comics. All right. And then maybe it's Devil's Reign. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, I'm going to read Devil's Reign. We've talked about it. Don't ask me when. I saw the W for, forming in you. For your... joy purposes. For joy purposes. <laughs> hey, we got a, we got, we're on Gray Malkin Lane this weekend. On Sunday. Sunday. I don't know when that episode's coming out, but, but it's gonna coming be soon. We're putting Quicksilver on trial. It's going to be amazing. I'm really excited. I get to read something spicy for it. <laughs> well, until next time, old friend. Charles. Quit crying. I'm tired. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>